Welcome to episode number seven of the Fitness Devil You Know podcast. Today we have Carter Good and we have one hell of a great episode for you. So stick around and enjoy. Shut up and sit down. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number seven of the Fitness Devil You Know podcast. Tonight, we have a really amazing guest on. It's uh, Carter Good, and uh, we're going to talk to him about a bunch of stuff. So me and Dean Guido sitting across from me, we're ready to go. So let's tell you a little bit about Carter. He is an online coach through his website, envisionbeingthin.com. I'm going to draw your attention to that a little bit. He's really famous for having lost 140 pounds, dropping from 305 to 165. We'll talk about that. There's amazing pictures on his Instagram that you're going to want to see. And <laughs> you made that sound. They're <laughs> infographics. Like, no, he's, he's not on booty pics. <laughs> Well, dude lost a ton of weight. Uh, he helps people learn to change their lifestyle, become healthier and happier. And he's pretty much one of the gods of fitness and nutrition infographics and memes online. So uh, welcome, Carter. Hey, man, thanks. And I, we don't want to pump you up too bad, but it was one of those things where we'll talk hmm. about. But like he's basically the king of inf- infographics. If you go look at them, they look, they look better than everyone else's. And he has a lot of them. So when you go to his Instagram, which will show up later, they're good. They're informative. They're easy. They're, they're simple. And they're amazing. They're you like, sold me on them. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, uh, so I asked you to appear on the podcast because uh, you do incredible work turning clumsy, often complicated, detailed nutritional info into simple and relatable infographics. Uh, can you tell us how this began and how it snowballed into its current level of success? Yeah, man. So, um, I, I think that, you know, I had been posting stuff obviously just like through blogging and through YouTube and, and Instagram, just generic information, uh, probably like around February or March last year. Um, and I posted a, a specific photo that was comparing like two different types of bread. I think of what it was. Um, and it was just similar, just like an infographic layout and it got a lot of response and a lot of um, people were really digging it. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Um, and, and I think around that time, you know, you were starting to see more infographics, like, um, you know, precision nutrition, yeah. they had put out on their blog, you know, they had a ton of different, like long form infographics. Um, and I think that those were like really sort of popular at the time. And so I started doing this more and more. And honestly, it was just a situation where I, I did it and, and people enjoyed it. And in the beginning, I know there were a couple of like bigger Instagram accounts that like saw it and, and shared it on their page. And it, one thing just sort of just kind of, kind of like led to another there and other people started making them. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how it got to where it is today. And it was just, you're like, uh, fuck, yeah, I gotta go keep doing this. Well, shit. I was going to say, what made you think of an infographic? Was it, you saw someone else and you're like, man, I could do one on bread and see what happens. Like how did that like, where did they come from? So, so I will give this credit to um, another online coach. His name is Mike Vacanti. Yeah. Um, right. He's a guy. So he did a, the YouTube series a couple of years ago um, called uh, equals and alternatives, where basically he compared foods that had like equal or similar, similar macronutrients um, that like one was like maybe a healthy food, one wasn't or anything like that. And he put it on YouTube. And so a lot of that inspired me to sort of start to do food comparisons where I would show people, Hey, like this food is, perceived as being super healthy and this food is not, you know, most people wouldn't think this food is healthy or is, you know, weight loss friendly or whatever. And just kind of showing them how, you know, as certain quantities, 
even though something's healthy, it can, you know, make you gain weight if you're not careful and if you consume too much of it and sort of separating that difference between weight loss, weight gain, and, um, you know, the healthiness of your diet doesn't necessarily determine how much is going to affect your weight loss and weight gain. And just sort of showing that and, and um, you know, obviously it caught on. And, and sometimes those were like very, uh, I guess the word would be people got really passionate about them, uh, both negatively and positively. Um, especially one I shared, which was like a pizza hut pizza and like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I, I know that one like really blew up and, and a lot of people shared it. A lot of the like IIFYM crowd, um, like the, if it fits your macros, flexible dieting crowd, we're sharing it and stuff. Um, and it got <laughs> I, rem- a lot of I remember it both ways. I didn't even yeah, know that yeah, was yeah, you back one. then. I honestly didn't even know that was you. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, you must, you yeah, must yeah. make that, the, that was one of the big ones. Yeah. You must make the clean eaters apoplectic at times because you're probably oh comparing pop tarts to like potatoes and shit. They're like, they must be absolutely losing their minds. They, they, it really is. And it goes back to the thing where I always try to say this on my post. Now it's like, no, and I think that this is a big misconception with the whole flexible dieting, like if it fits your macros, uh, community in general is like no one's saying to go out and eat buckets of, um, popcorn and, you know, a bunch of pop tarts and all this stuff. You know, it's people are, it's all about moderation and it's just more to show like, you know, why calories do matter and understanding that yes, you know, your food quality does matter, but food quantity also matters and how much you're eating and in what quantities matters. And, and so, um, a lot of times I think people think I'm telling people to go out and eat all this junk food when it's, you know, that's not really what's happening. It's more about educating people. Um, but most people understand that and get to that point. So, well, people are going to always lose their shit completely when you say something <laughs> that oh, yeah. conflicts it's, it's with, the internet, their, so. with their, with their ideology towards nutrition. And this is what some people don't quite realize. Like people treat food now, especially in the fitness community, like it is their religion. You're seeing like Spencer Nadolsky, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky, who we're going to talk to and we'll hopefully get him on here as well. He's also making a lot of these great infographics and Spencer will post something about having people drink diet soda over regular soda. And oh, sweet mother of God, he gets some crazy responses to that. People <laughs> are losing their absolute minds. And it's just a piece of a puzzle. Recommending a protein shake sometimes sends people into orbit. So you get these really crazy yeah. zealot types and they just take these pieces of information in isolation and just it conflicts with their belief system and they lose their fucking minds. But uh, what you're trying yeah. to do is you're trying to give people... A picture of how like, hey, it's really okay to eat this, even though maybe the world isn't telling you it's all that healthy. But what I notice you really do well is convincing people to realize that this particular salad at certain place, just because it's got the word salad in it, that thing has 800 calories because it's drenched in oils and God only knows what else. Mm-hmm. Just to show people, hey, like just because it's framed a certain way does not mean it's it's good for you or it's bad for you. It's just the calories are misleading. Exactly. And I think that a big issues that I think sometimes people in the fitness industry or people who are really into nutrition and all this kind of forget that what they know about nutrition, most people don't know, you know, most people still think that just because it's a salad, it's healthy, or just because it's, you know, a a grilled chicken sandwich that it's going to, you know, automatically be good for them or whatever, um, without knowing the other things that go into it. And so that's really what I, I try to show. And it's, you know, it's less about, you know, promoting eating this over that. It's more about just being aware of what you're eating in those situations and how they might be affecting your weight. Because, you know, most people who gain weight, they're not meaning to, it's not on purpose. They have like most of the time, they have no idea why they're gaining weight um, or, you know, or they're perplexed by what to do to fix it. And so really that's what I try to do is just um, 
show people, you know, what really matters for helping them maintain a healthy body and, you know, making it be realistic because not everybody is going to, uh, you know, sit back and eat 100% clean all the time. Oh, man, you know, most people are going to go, you know, they're going to go to fast food. They have kids and they're going to take their kids there. And, and I would much rather help people optimize the, the situation they find themselves in, um, or optimize the food around them rather than try to make these radical changes all at once that, you know, you see, we see time and time again, people can't sustain anyways. They doom themselves to failure by doing an all or nothing approach. That exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love what you're doing. And again, that's one of the reasons why it was so important for me to get on here with you. I really want to tell people like, just go Carter. Good. Easy to name to, to get on your Instagram, go follow him right now. Seriously. That way you can see some of this stuff, unless you're driving. If you're actually driving, listening to this, like wait, <laughs> pull, pull, pull over. It's actually that important. No, pull over. Look at it. I'm, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it right now. And you're telling me all this stuff. I'm like, man, you, you're telling me this. And like, you are showing a bunch of other foods. I hope no one gets mad at you. Like, <laughs> there's nothing too crazy here. Yeah. It's honestly, it's, it's, it is like the few, you know, yeah. it's, and it's like, it's honestly, I'm really surprised by the amount of positive, um, feedback and, and comments I get, like, it's very rare for me to get a, a tr- like a really negative or mean or angry comment or a message from somebody. And so like, I, I definitely, what do you, what do you um, say I'm not sure, like what I, <laughs> I, I just say like, Hey man, or gal or whatever, like whoever's messaging me, like I say, Hey, like, listen, I'm sorry about upsetting you. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't really try to change their opinion because we all know what happens whenever you try to change somebody's <laughs> opinion on the internet. Usually that doesn't, doesn't work very well. go so well. Um, I just, yeah, yeah. I just, I just try to, you know, diffuse the situation say, I'm sorry, you disagree. Here's why I'm saying this. Um, you know, if you need to unfollow me, that's okay. But you know, you but, but usually it's, it's so, it's so far and in between that, um, like I, I think I'm actually really fortunate with that. <laughs> so you don't send a picture of you eating a pop tart. No, <laughs> it's no, like I lost 140 I pounds. Listen to me. I try not to retaliate oh, right. um, as much as I can. I, I'm, it's, it's funny how on the internet, like in, in person, I'm not very confrontational. Um, on the internet, I'm not either. But it's so much easier to be confrontational on the internet because we're just hiding behind our little screen. So sometimes I just have some in me, and I just would be like. You know, just link them all the <laughs> studies all at once. Like, just start spamming them. Just study after study after study, and like finding them on Facebook and friending them, and then sending them more information. No, I don't do that. But, Man, but like, you, you but, have a bank of articles, though, don't you? So you can link them fast, yeah. Yeah, just in case. They're, yes, they're exactly. different. Exactly, they're, just they're, in case. They're different personalities. Like, this is a signature of your personality, and you don't come off as being an arrogant prick or a you know someone who always always has to be right. And, and there are some people who and they walk a line, but there are some people who get really bombastic with the responses. Like, you get. Dr. Lane Norton's one of my favorites, but like his social media, <laughs> my sweet mother of God, like he, he, he will say some stuff to people that'll really push some buttons. Or then you get a guy like James Fell, who's really amazing. And if you say something that doesn't line up with the James political view of the world, James is going to go tell you straight to fuck off and get off his page. So you, but you, you, yeah. he basically just described it when he wanted to like imagine how he's going to tell his haters. That's what Lane does just on his, just on his stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I yeah. think that if you bring that kind of positivity and you stick to that sort of message, you're going to invite a lot of positive stuff and you're going to avoid a lot of the controversy that, you know, follow some of the other people in our industry. And, and there's still amazing people with great messages. Just everybody has their own approach. I, I tend to be a little mm-hmm. bit more aggressive and bombastic with some of my shit, too. So <laughs> I can understand that side. Yeah, of it. yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of times whenever you are getting negative comments, it's because it, it might even be because like they've seen you react in the past and they're wanting attention themselves. And, and so uh, that might be a part of it too. They I think there's definitely they, a, a, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They want their Instagram to blow up, man. I'm going to take Carter Good on. But like, why would you do that? He just has infographics and they're helping people like leave them alone. Man. Um, we we kind of jumped ahead a little. Well, we didn't even jump ahead, but like we want our um, listeners. I, I, gotta, I was going to say viewers, but our listeners are we, are, to understand. Are we at the point where we call them fans yet? I'm just actually I'm being sarcastic. We have, we have, fans. We have 500 views. That's 500 fans. OK, remember, it's yeah. not 300. 12,000 Instagram followers. But um, for the people who don't know you, um, you lost 140 pounds, you overhauled your life. Can you tell us a little bit of that story? I know you've told it a lot, but just kind of where you come from so our listeners can understand. Yeah, man, for sure. So um, just like sort of the, the short and sweet is like in, in high school, like I've always struggled with my weight my entire life and my entire family is overweight. Like, um, you know, everyone had like type two diabetes runs in my family, heart disease. Um, most of my family members, um, who have, you know, passed on at this point, like since I was younger have died because of diet related issues. And, um, you know, that, that was something I struggled with throughout my life. I was never super overweight. I was just, you know, chubby. And then in high school, um, I'm not exactly sure why it happened. I think I pinpointed that like my parents got divorced in high school and that obviously played a huge role into it. And I think I, you know, used food in that moment to, you know, kind of yeah to deal with it or whatever. And so, my freshman year is whenever I really ballooned up. And so I think I went from like 240, like 230 or 240 up to, you know, the 305, 310 pound range. Um, and that was really when I got bigger. And so, um, you know, I had struggled to try diets all my life. Like I remember the first diet I ever went on was whenever I was 12 years old and it was to try to make weight for the football team, uh, or to run the ball in my yeah. football league because you had to have a weight limit. Um, but like, what? you know, I had been dieting on and off. Yeah. Yeah. It might, it, it was, you had to weigh a certain amount to, to run the ball. How old are you? Sorry. We're, we're like, we'll get back. How old are you? Oh yeah. Right. Right now I'm 23. Okay. So I was like, thinking, I played football my whole life. They didn't yeah, have weight Dean, limits. Dean played football. Oh. So he, he just got, <laughs> he, you mentioned football. He got really this, excited. Yeah. That was one of my main I things. I think it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, uh, go ahead. I was going to say that was one of my main things. Like, did you play sports? And I, I know that's kind of cutting into your story, but did you oh. play sports kind of in oh, no, this no, no, with yeah. the, with the weight loss and all that? Or did you just do resedentary? Um, I just played junior high, like sports all up until high school. Got like you. I, it was all like peewee football was what I was doing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, whenever I got heavy, I just stopped playing sports altogether. Cause it just got to the point where like, I wasn't really athletic and I was just like, really overweight. And so like, I didn't really want to play sports anyways. Um, and so that's what kind of got me there. And then it's, it's embarrassing every time I say it, and I've always thought of a way to make this sound better, but it's just the truth. Like the reason I started losing weight and I first had success was because I asked, I had been like talking to this girl and I asked her to the dance Ooh, yeah. and she, um, and I told, it was the most friend zoned moment. Like if you go look up the definition of friend zone, like on Wikipedia, like there's a picture of me, like in that life moment, like where it was just the perfect scenario. And she's like, Oh wait, we're just friends. And it was like soul crushing the worst moment ever. And I remember like, cause I, in that moment, like I went home that night and like started doing sprints up and down my street. And, um, like I did some crazy stuff. Like I was doing crash dieting, but I was like so motivated in that moment just like to get to win this girl back that I lost like 30 or 40 pounds in like two months, um, maybe a little bit less. It it was really quick. A lot of water weight drop. I mean, I was really heavy already. So like it was easier to drop that weight initially. Um, but at that point I sort of saw that, okay, wait a minute, I'm making progress. And I sort of, sort of shifted from 
wanting to do it for her to more just realizing, oh, wait, this is working right now. So I'm going to keep doing this. And that's honestly what got me started. And, and I got really addicted to it. Like I started looking at bodybuilding.com. Yeah. And it's funny how like Lane Norton was like one of the first people I came across that's along awesome. with some other YouTube guys like Matt Ogus and like some of these like YouTube guys back then who I, who I was really into. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and, and I just kept going with it. And in the course of about nine, 12 months, I ended up losing, you know, over a hundred pounds. And, you know, since that time lost, you know, like 140 in total. Did you, did you get the, the date? <laughs> I did not get the date. What? That's I did not get the date. That's the, did you ask again? Story about, yeah. You said no again. That's the whole thing. That's, that's the part of the story I never want to tell. She's <laughs> like, she's like, it wasn't about the weight, man. I just liked it. it was, did you ever send her yeah, a message? She, I guess that was it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You ever send her a message after the fact that. and say, Hey, by the way, like you're the reason why I pulled all this crap. Uh, I wouldn't bother with you now. No, Gary, Go fuck yourself. But. You're big now. She probably like looks at all your stuff. She's like, fuck, I'm that girl. Don't, tell anyone because they would just like the, your fans would just blow her up right <laughs> <laughs> poor girl don't do it oh oh man oh man yeah she knows she knows she messed oh, yeah. up are you gonna, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, after this call i'm gonna call her we're getting, we're, we're, you're like third we're, time's a charm okay it is <laughs> she's like no, um, you you need to be more famous <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, just to kind of wrap that up though, just because um for yeah. me my biggest thing though with, with this whole weight loss journey, and I think it's the reason why I shifted from being so focused on my own fitness to wanting to help others so much is because even though I was successful, I was one of those minority of people who got so obsessed with it that I made it work. And for me, honestly, the biggest struggle was never losing the weight. It was maintaining it or at least figuring out how to balance a normal life with these fitness goals that I had. Because for a long time, because I because I lost all this weight and I, I graduated high school around the same time. And like those first couple of years of college were, were honestly some of like the hardest years of my life because I was so focused on fitness and staying lean, trying to get lean, trying to like build muscle, but also staying lean. So, you know, obviously that just set me, I've just been spinning my wheels, trying to get lean, trying to build muscle, but not eating enough because I'm afraid I'm going to gain weight. Cause if I gain five pounds, it means I'm fat again. Like all this mental, uh, all these mental issues I was having with it. And that honestly was the hardest part for me was, was overcoming that and getting to a point where like, I was okay with gaining a little bit of weight. Like I was finding that balance. I could go out with friends and like know that I'm probably going over my calories today or whatever. And that doesn't really matter, you know, really trying to find that balance. And, and that's really been my focus and wanting to help people because I know it's really easy to get fixated on the weight loss portion of, uh, of yeah. this whole thing. But people forget that once they lose weight, they're going to have to maintain that. Well, yeah. You know, once you, once something, you go so hard, it, like, yeah, the goal's it, reached now. What? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think that people kind of shoot themselves in the foot because they lose weight doing things that are either unsustainable um, or they, they're just their minds not in a very good place in terms of like needing getting to where they can sustain their weight. Um, and that's where they really start to struggle. So my biggest thing has always been, you know, it's OK to lose weight. And I think that that's an important thing to do for a lot of people. That's kind of the first step. But my, my biggest thing is you should always be asking yourself, like, could you see yourself like before you start a new diet or, or anything, you should be able to ask yourself, like, could I see myself doing this or, or something similar to this for the rest of my life? And if the answer is no, then something needs to change. And usually that comes back to, you know, educating yourself, 
learning about nutrition, like learning the basics and then learning how, once you have that information, learning how to apply it in your own life. And that's sort of what a lot of my content I, I think is, is based around. And this is sort of, um, on that same topic, if you were to go back, so you asked the girl out, didn't work out. You did a bunch of sprints. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, started your journey. Would you have done it differently? And I, I'm being honest. Cause now you, now that you know what you know, and you've seen a lot of people do this, would you have done it the way you did it? <laughs> I think that, you know, the problem is for me, at least, is that I don't think I could have ever got to this point without going through that. Like I needed yeah. to swing from one side to the other in order to get here. Um, now, my, my, my biggest thing, though, is I really do think that like, I try my best to share my story and to be honest about it and to really tell people where I've struggled and what's helped me, because I don't necessarily think that you have to go to the extremes no. to figure out, you know, what it is. Like, I think that human, as humans, we have enough empathy. Like we can see what other people have gone through in their trials and, and learn from those things. And so that's really what, with my whole message is like, I'm trying to show people, like I was able to lose weight, but I didn't do it the right way. And like, I struggled here and trying to help people from the beginning, giving them the right information, right from the start. Like, like if there was a way for me to get the information that I have now, right at the start, like if I could have learned that, it would have been awesome for sure. Um, but I don't think that it could have happened any other way. So talking about that now, you know, this whole helping other people, your success obviously, and you've said this a couple of times, has been why you want to turn around and help those others. How did that turn into a career and progress to where you are right now? For sure. So, um, you know, really it just, it just started with, um, just putting content out there. And, you know, for a long time, I, I followed a lot of people who had sort of started, had been running their own online fitness business or had been putting fitness content out. And so I was, you know, obviously just mimicking them and, and doing a lot of that. And at the time, whenever I first started this, I, I was actually in school, in college. Um, and at, at some point, I, I can't remember what year exactly, but I, I was offered an internship to sort of do some uh, like fitness writing for a company. And so like, I actually dropped out of college and went and did this for them for, for a couple of months. And then I got to the point where like, I, I really wanted to do this on my own because I, you know, I really, I think that the fitness industry is good as like, as a whole, but what I wanted to focus on specifically, like the people who I wanted to help and the people I wanted to serve, I knew that it wasn't necessarily another program or a, a, another strategy. There was a lot more to it. And I knew that I wanted to do it my own way. And so, um, at that point I sort of had left that internship and went home and started kind of growing my own business and working with people one-on-one -on -one, slowly growing. And then obviously, um, once, you know, Instagram took off, it's really helped with getting more reach and being able to work with more people. And that's sort of where I'm at now, um, in terms of, you know, what my business looks like. It's really just working with clients and continuing to try to grow and put content out there and help as many people as I can. And it seems to be like even parallels between a lot of the people that we've talked to is that generally when you come from a good place of trying to help as many people as possible, as cliche as that sounds, oh, exactly. things tend yeah. to, to, I don't want to say work out because not everyone works out, but when things do take off, you tend to be in a good spot because people mm -hmm. trust what you put out because you exactly. came from a place of honesty to be completely honest. And I know you touched on yeah. the fitness industry quotation marks and how generally it's good, but there's a lot of shit and <laughs> sorry for lack of a better word, but you tend to come from a place of like, people don't have to sift through your stuff cause it's free. It's good. It's easy. And they already trusted you before they even probably emailed you cause they seen all your stuff. For sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's my thing is like, I, I rarely ever like push anything or anything or like really hard push stuff no. um, or get too far into that marketing stuff because I know that like, you, you know, if someone really wants to work with me or needs my help, you know, they'll figure out how to do that. Um, and, and one thing I'll say about that, what you just talked about where, you know, uh, putting good information out there and being honest, it, you sort of just kind of peop, you, you sort of just attract the right people. Good, I guess yeah. what, what you were saying. Um, I think the reason is because, you know, people aren't dumb, you know, they, they will try things. And if something is bullshit or it smells like bullshit, then like they're going to find that out. And it's either because it's not going to work for them or, you know, they're going to, you know, one thing is going to lead to another and they're going to find the truth because they're going to figure out, Oh, this makes sense. And, and this like, you know, like all the time I get messages from people saying like, I started following you like, because I've tried all those other things or I've seen a bunch of that, like the bullshit out there. And like, you're the first person who's like talked about real stuff. Like you're not selling a system or you're not selling a specific way of doing it. Like you're just talking about, here's what, here's what the truth is. And then like, there are many ways to interpret it and there's many ways to apply it. But like, these are the core truths about either losing weight, being like, you know, trying to improve your health or whatever. And, um, you know, there's no one special sauce or one secret way to do it. And I think that that really resonates with people, even though it's not always the sexiest message, you know, it's not, I'm not telling people they're going to lose 30 pounds in 30 days, taking this fat loss pill or, or following this weight loss program. But like, I think that that honesty, you know, in the end is, is what sort of shines through. And it's what people really resonate with. I think people who are ready will find that sort of thing. Like you said, exactly. Yeah. There are always going to be the people who will buy the ab blaster and the butt blaster on late night TV. And they're going to cycle through cleanses and and all these other things that belly wraps. They're going to, it works, right? All that bullshit. (laughs) Those people will unfortunately probably be vulnerable to that stuff for a very long time. But when people are ready, they're going to get out. I think they're going to find good stuff and you're out there. One thing I was going to say too, is with your message, I don't even see you trying to sell anything whatsoever. It's like you read Gary Vaynerchuk's jab, 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 hook or whatever, however many jabs. You just forgot to throw hooks out there. It's just all, it's all jabs yeah, yeah. and just given and given. But people see that too. And it's you're, you're, there's no sales element to whatsoever to your presentation. And I think that, comes off as very full of integrity and it will invite people to say, Hey, like I want to, I want you to help me. What do you do? Cause I honestly haven't ever noticed you promoting your own services. It's just simply a lot of great free information. For sure. Yeah. It, cause, because my biggest thing is that like the way that at least I love, I like to run my own coaching business is it's very personal and it's very connected. And so like the people I work with, you know, it, it's something where, you know, I'm, I'm in, a lot of communication with them. Um, like with a lot of my clients, you know, we're having like daily communication and the people I work with, you know, and it's not even that they don't necessarily know what they need to do because after a while they start to figure out, you know, how to do things or, or why they're doing certain things. Like, well, this is why we're eating this, like eating this many calories. And this is why we're taking a break right now from, from eating in a deficit or whatever. For a lot of people, what they really need is they really need that accountability and support. And honestly, someone who is, both able to take control in the beginning and and make the decisions and also, you know, keep them grounded and remind them of their long-term goals and keep them on track. Um, cause something I always do with, with my clients is like, I tell them right from the start, like, listen, my ultimate goal is to work myself out of a job. Like I want you to get to a point where you don't need me anymore. And whenever that comes, like I don't run like a three month program or a six month program with my coaching or anything like that. It's, it's very much like, you know, once we start working together, 
Like I want to get you to the point where you're confident enough that you don't need me anymore. And different people need different amount of time to get to that. Um, but, but like you said, I think that, you know, the people who do need it or who are looking for coaching or, or want to take that next level, we'll, we'll find it for sure. Cool. Uh, so I sort of alluded to this earlier when we were off, uh, Mike or uh, off the air, but you come off as a really relatable figure and you're open about your ongoing challenges. Uh, the person I met personally in Kansas city back in May was a quiet and personable professional sort of, uh, pr- presence. I didn't get any ego off you at all. Could you tell about more about where you are personally now and how it helps you relate to the people that you work with? Yeah, for sure. So you think more of like a, like totally like existential, like sort of, like, like in life or like even mentally? Well, you know, anything that I think is relevant, like, you know, you, you talked about the struggles of keeping the weight off, like, you know, where are you with that personally, you know, your own mindset with it and, okay, yeah. you know, and then being able to relate to the struggles of those other people as they are experiencing that right now as you're coaching them. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so I think that what's interesting um, or something that I think that is encouraging is the fact that, you know, there's a lot that we don't understand um, with, and even just like on the outside with like nutrition and, and exercise, like there's a lot, like we know that if we do something like something happens, but we don't understand necessarily the reason why it happens. There's still a lot of uncertain things. We're always a lot of uncertainties and we're always learning things. You know, there's, we're learning new things every single day. And, um, for me, that's encouraging because I think it like reminds me that, you know, what what's perfect right now may not be perfect in the future or um, what we think is the right thing to do, you know, may, may change over time. And I, I think that that's really helped me with being okay with um, not being perfect. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. um, and, and it sort of has grounded me. Like, so for example, with like artificial sweeteners, even though that's just like a, an, an example, like, you know, we don't know a lot about artificial sweeteners, but like, I know that, with what we do know, like I probably shouldn't be eating a ton of them, but maybe a few, a little bit of them is okay. You know, especially um, when you're that, that's more that like a food. several cans of Coke, right? Exactly. And it's all very context um, driven too, like comparative to like, would you rather have somebody drink one diet Pepsi a day? Who's usually in, in, in replace of three Cokes, you know, I think so. That's a good thing. I'm pretty um, impressed so I think it's if you got them to switch from so. Coke to Pepsi, like you just said. That's actually pretty cool. Just to <laughs> serve a drink. Keep, for, to keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, but in that example, like, um, and that's sort of the, the thing with with everything in life, you know. And, and and we're like always learning, and I think that as long as you're focused on, you know, listening to yourself and, and figuring out what works for you. So, so like with nutrition, um, you know, some people are able to like get really good results counting calories or whatever. And some people, it stresses them out. And I think that, you know, that's a situation where like, maybe not everyone should count calories. Maybe some people can do other things. I, I just think that, you know, way, way too many people get focused on the one thing, like, because this person said calorie counting works. I need to count my calories. This person said, I need to do this type of training split. I need to do that training split. Um, I think that once you focus less on that, you sort of, you know, hear what everyone has to say. And then, um, more importantly, you focus on what you enjoy and what you find is working for you. I think that's really where you start to find that balance. And it's definitely tough. Like it's something I still struggle with to this day. Like there are times whenever I'll go out to eat and, um, I'll feel maybe not necessarily guilty, but like, Oh man, why did I overeat just now? Or, or why did I do this? Um, and for me, it's, it's been less about trying to eliminate that and more about just immediately forgiving myself. I'm really glad it's, 
go ahead. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, something, cause something, you know, it's, I, I think we all try to be perfect and it's not going to happen. Um, what I always say is like, you know, you should do your best as frequently as you can. And when you do slip up, because everyone's going to slip up, whether it be, you know, mentally just slipping up, like thinking a certain way and then realizing, why did I think that way? It could be anything. Um, immediately, you know, forgiving yourself and getting back on track. I think that's the key. I'm really glad to actually hear you say all that stuff because there's probably a ton of people listening to this who, you know, hear that these experts that are you know being interviewed and tend to think of, you know, perhaps us and certainly our guests as being amazing at all this sort of stuff. But this is very relatable it makes people feel like, wow, okay. Like these guys deal with this sort of thing too. And it just might be a little bit easier for people to realize, well, I'm not alone in how I feel like this. Uh, I'm not unique. And just maybe that helps him a little I was, bit. I was going to say he, he came, he was like, I wouldn't say late to here, but he came right from a workout to do this podcast and he needed something to eat. So he went to Subway and I'm sure you've, you got the most macro friendly thing you could get, but like you were rushed. Subway was a half decent option. Oh, yeah. double, here. double meat. I was like doused in barbecue sauce yeah. and mayo. And guess what? I enjoy that. If I'm going to have fast food, I'm going to have something that I enjoy. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make, and I talk to my clients about this, they go and they eat on the run because they feel like they have to. And then they eat something that they didn't enjoy that was high calorie. And it's like wasting the calories that you have available to you. So they get no emotional satisfaction from it. Actually, they feel kind of crappy about it. You know, if you're going to have high calorie things in your nutrition, plan it as a treat, look forward to it, have it, you know, something that's kind of off in the distance a little bit. And if you're going to not enjoy something, eat something that's fucking full of protein and fiber and that you yeah. we're going to enjoy anyway. And don't go and blow a thousand calories on some really shitty Chinese food in a mall food court, which I have a funny habit of doing every once in a while because I get the craving. And every time I'm like, this was this was terrible. Why do I do this at least once every two or three months? But it serves as and a reminder. Then, for and me. then you go to Carter's Instagram yeah. and like look through his, his infographics. But like, OK, get back on track, back on fucking track. No more Chinese food. But it goes to show yeah. that like. <laughs> we, we experience and we are vulnerable to some of these same things. And at the very least, try to minimize the the effect on our lives. And we, for the most part, done a pretty good job. Carter, you've done a sensational job with this. So, but the floor is yours. Please keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this is the one thing I will say with that. And I think this goes back to what I really try to preach is I think because we all have so many different differences, like we all have different struggles or things that, you know, we face as we're trying to, you know, both better our health and, you know, better our lives in general and all other areas. I think that the more, you know, or the more you understand things. So with nutrition, like the more you understand the fundamentals of nutrition, like you understand calories, macronutrients, why, how certain things work in the body, like all this stuff. I think that the more understanding you have about that, the easier it is to forgive yourself because there's not that unknown. Because I think for a lot of times, the reason people get stressed out about overeating or get stressed out about eating something bad is not necessarily because they did it. It's because of a lack of knowledge. And I, I think that or thinking, you know, because of that lack of knowledge, they see it as sort of a, a black and white issue. Like, oh, I eat the donut. That's bad. Or, oh, I went over my calories. That means bad. Like, you know, whatever. And so I think that the more you understand it and the more you learn about nutrition and, and in this, in that case, like the donut maybe isn't necessarily bad. Maybe it's not the healthiest food choice, but you know, it's not going to make you gain a bunch of weight and, or, you know, just because you went over your calories, it doesn't mean that you're going to gain fat. And like, you know, realizing all that, I think once you eliminate that mystery of, you know, how weight gain and weight loss happens, um, it can really help with both forgiving yourself and staying on track. 
Well, and one thing I was going to say, you talk about like getting people educated. Have you, and this is going back to Instagram, but your infographics, people digest information, obviously different. Um, is that kind of why you went to the infographics outside of that they worked and they got you a following, but have you found that's, that's a pretty easy way to educate people and you kind of took off with that. Yeah. So I, I like that almost think of it as, so, so with the infographics, like I, I definitely understand, you know, there's a lot of especially like in the fitness circle, there's sort of, it's sort of like a, there's good and bad. Like some people really like them. Some people really hate them or anything like that. And I, and I think that, you know, they can be, it, it, it's very much like you have a square and you're trying to put this entire idea on a square with pictures. You know, you're not going to get an entire idea across. Um, best in those graphics to like get an idea across and then in the description, go into more detail um, but then beyond that, like pointing people towards things where they can go deeper into a topic, like recommending different, uh, professionals who like have like in-depth articles or anything like that. And so with the infographics, my biggest approach has always been not necessarily to radically change someone's idea of something with one infographic, um, maybe more, you know, present the core idea in a way that grabs their attention and they like, like they can hook onto it. And then hopefully through that get them more interested in learning more. And, and that's really what I try to do um, with the infographics. Yeah. Well, how do you navigate? I, I don't want to call them trolls or crazies, <laughs> but like the, the naysayers on some of the stuff you're saying, like, how do you navigate through that? Cause again, as you get bigger, you probably get more of them, but how have you kind of combated a lot of the people who may not agree with the stuff you're saying in terms of the infographics? So, yeah. So, and I think that the reason it happens and, and you're going to see this, like if you go through my photos and you look for like negative comments, you're going to probably see me respond, say like, Hey, I understand you're frustrated. Go read the description or something. Cause sometimes yeah. they're arguing something that I've said on the infographic that they might have taken at face value as this is the, this is exactly what he said to do. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a good example right now. Um, but, but it might, it might honestly just be like the calorie comparisons are a good example because people think that I'm saying you can eat you know, eat the pizza instead of that. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. And if you read the description, I talk about, you know, I go more into depth about why I'm saying what I'm saying, why this infographic shows this or anything like that. And so usually, you know, I, the, the, I'm able to combat them just through saying like, Hey, like go kind of read some of my other stuff, like go to my website, read, read where I've actually able to go into why I'm showing this graphic. Um, but, but like we kind of talked about right before we even hopped on the call, a lot of those times in, in those situations, it's just like, saying, Hey, I understand you're frustrated. Um, this is why I meant to say, if you read this, you'll understand why I said that. And honestly, I, I've been surprised how like it, on the internet, you're normally not changing people's minds. Um, it's very hard to do that, but I'm surprised how many times, like I said, Hey, please go read the description and you'll see like why I said that thing. And they're like, Oh, I didn't read that. Sorry. Thank you for clarifying. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> what? Like, my mind explodes. Cause I changed somebody's, you know, somebody's opinion has changed on the internet somehow. And it's not um, honestly, I think part of the reason why you probably get that too, is that your stuff's not super controversial. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, it's pretty, yeah. I know like we talked about how it's basic to us, but like you're presented as basic information and you don't go anything crazier than that. You're not saying keto is the only way to do it and have a bunch of check marks and a big infographic. It's you don't attract that. I don't think like, I guess do you have any, I don't have anything to compare it to, but actually I do lanes <laughs> lane will get a lot of backlash. And I look at yours and I, I actually like, 
because of this question, I want to look through some of your comments on here. And like, honestly, you get more. I, I don't see any negatives, really. I'm sure there is, but which is pretty impressive I, yeah, I for an Internet yeah, person. Yeah, well, I think it's, it is surprising because I, I think that, you know, I don't really share a lot of confrontational um, information. And I think, it, though, it goes back to my thing where, like, if somebody wants to. So for the ketogenic diet, like if somebody wants to follow a ketogenic diet, like cool for them. Like, you know, they need to under my biggest thing is less about telling them why it's so bad and more about educating them why it's working or or like why they might get results doing it. Um, And telling them, like, if you enjoy doing this, like, don't tell me, like, don't, you know, let somebody else stop you from doing what's not working for you. Now, in that example, obviously, with most people, what happens, especially for for normal, like, like the people I'm reaching out to aren't necessarily contest prep people. They're not not even like power lifters or anything like that. Like, like my demographic is very much like general population, um, you know, people who are struggling with their weight and have been doing, you know, been following the mainstream advice of like Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil and all this, you know, stupidness. And so like the information I'm presenting is like mind blowing. Um, and so like, and for them, for those type of people, like it really is basic, like whether they eat, 30% 30% carbs instead of 60% carbs or, you know, whether they eat exactly one gram per pound of protein for whatever, like they're not trying to maximize like muscle protein synthesis. They're not trying to maximize how much muscle they're growing or how much fat they're losing or how shredded they are. Like, like they're just wanting to get healthy. All right, Carter. Uh, I have a generally very positive, uh, impression of the body acceptance movement. I feel like it's for the most part, a very, very good thing. Uh, We should never make anyone feel badly for any such reason. There is a very extreme end of it, a very small subsection that promotes the idea that obesity is healthy. You, you're someone who was at one point very much in that category. Uh, Having experienced this personally, what are your thoughts on that message and its dangers? Yeah. So I think that that, that whole topic to me is one area where like, I mean, I, like, I absolutely 100% have sympathy for people who are, you know, struggling with obesity only because like, I, I know myself, like, it's obviously a bigger issue than like these, like we're eating too much food and not exercising enough. Like, yeah, that's like the fundamental level of what's happening, but you know, there's so many psychological, um, and, and you know, other issues just going on with that whole thing. Um, and so at one level, like I, absolutely believe like, you know, in, in total, like, you know, body positivity and, and, and at least accepting your, yourself and loving yourself. Um, but you know, to an extent, you know, I think that there's also the fact that, you know, there is, um, you know, whatever you are, like struggling with obesity and stuff like there are health implications, you know, then there are things just like if you were, you know, struggling with a smoking addiction or, um, or so like a drug addiction, like anything like that, like there are consequences to that. And, um, you know, I, I think that like, I'm all for the positivity thing. I do think it's interesting how it's like, you know, and I know it's a very small subset of people who it's, it's almost like embracing being overweight, um, and obese as like a, as a positive thing. Um, like, which to me just seems strange. Like, I think that it's 100% good to you know, be positive about it. But like, I think that part of having body positivity is wanting to, um, work towards maybe bettering your health or, or making those improvements. And so it's definitely an interesting topic. And it's, it's one that, you know, it's, it, it's hard to 
justify, I guess, or, or totally understand what's going on, like in somebody else's head during that. Yeah. Well, I think it depends on which, and I call their self-love body acceptance. I guess it depends on which side of the spectrum you fall on. Cause there's some that are saying, love yourself first and then attack these health problems. And there's some that say you should yes, love yourself yeah. no matter what, Which if is you're fine fat, too. love it. And then, you know what, just embrace it. And it's That's like, fine. it's like, I, do, I just don't like the message of embracing being overweight and then keeping it and not trying to attack those problems. Cause loving yourself first is a good, good fucking goal. But it's, if you don't attack some of the other things, well, like see, you, it, yeah. even, even if someone is very much of the mindset that, you know, that's who they are. They, they like their self image and that's a genuine thing. And not just this, this lie and this put on that sometimes uh, we can see where I specifically take very great exception to of that very small subsection is a subsection that lies that says that Mm -hmm. it is healthy to be obese. And there are people, they're not many, but there are people who are pushing this narrative and that's what it is. It is a narrative and it's an ideological agenda that is suiting what they want to promote. And it is not serving the best interests of the people they're speaking to. If someone lives for a very long time in a state of morbid obesity, you're going to dramatically increase the risk of heart disease, various gastrointestinal cancers, diabetes is a particularly strong one, hypertension, and a whole array of very, very problematic lifestyle diseases that are going to statistically lead to a decreased lifespan and a decreased quality of life. And yet there are people who are actually trying to sell this lie. And I'll be as bold as to say it as a flat out lie. And they'll occasionally cite some sort of very, very specious evidence or cherry pick data, or even cite the fact that there are individuals who are obese or even morbidly obese. And in moments in time, they are healthy. Sure. And there are even individuals that live longer, but we do not have a population of morbidly obese elderly people when you think about it right like where are all of the oh, yeah. 70 and 80 year old people who are morbidly obese they they just they don't exist or they're being hidden away thought, because they have such a poor quality of life that they're not out interacting in society and i just again we are talking about a very small portion but i really do feel it's important that we attack this lie within the same breath as trying to be very positive and change mindsets, change stigmas, and and not treat people who are struggling with obesity, who are already dealing with enough emotional challenge in some cases, not treating them as being less than human or as less than everyone else. So it's a tough line to walk, but I still think that it is really important that we give those people the opportunity to lose the weight and change their lives if that's what they wish. Exactly. And I think right what you said right there at the end is the most important part is that, you know, it has to be an individual decision. And if you are, you know, struggling with your weight or, or let's, you know, let's say you're, you're overweight and you're extremely happy. You, you are, you have no like desire to lose weight or get healthy. Like you, you shouldn't feel maybe necessarily pressured to do that. You know, like you, you should be living your own life and no one should be telling you what you should and shouldn't do. do but you, I man. think that if you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you do you kind of deal, but like if you are struggling with your weight and it's something you do want to change, like, you know, that's great. And like, you know, there's people that can help you. And so I think that in that situation, I think the reason that I get a little, I guess maybe it's frustrating to see people saying like, it's healthy to be overweight or it's healthy to be obese. The, the, the major issue is just the fact that it's just not true. You know, like that's just not the case. Um, and it's, you know, whether or not it's how many people it's influencing, I, you know, we're not sure. I have no idea, but I think that it's one of the situation where it's like, 
if you're happy with being overweight, like it's sort of like, you know, you do you. It's similar to the way that like I would never want to shame someone who is struggling to lose weight into or, or struggling with their weight to lose weight. Like, you know, I wouldn't want to say, Hey, maybe you should stop eating. Maybe you should lose weight, you know? Cause like I would have never wanted that whenever I was overweight. Um, and, and so maybe it's more of just a thing where it's, you know, through all that influence, it, it's easy to be influenced either way. It's, it's really just about, you know, really focus on yourself. And, and like, if you do want to change your weight, know that that's like, it's not a bad thing, I guess. I think you know, it, it biggest, is, it's a strange thing for sure. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things, the reason with this extreme corner of that ideology is to actually shut down conversations like the one we're just having. They do not want a lot of the things you're hearing now, doctors being criticized for, you know, telling their clients, their patients to lose weight because of the health implications and how this is mm-hmm. fat shaming. And there's a legitimate fat shaming. We know that. And certainly oh, the way sure, that you yeah. speak to people, you have to be careful about that. But I think in that corner, there is this push to silence any discussion whatsoever of health and obesity in the same conversation. I mean, we see that. And I think that's the agenda of that ideology. And I reject that. And I actually think that we should be very careful not to allow ourselves to be silenced, to have healthy, honest, intellectual discussions. We are, we're seeing a lot of shutting down a discussion in a lot of ideological realms. And I don't want to go too far into that, but this is definitely one of them. And I think this is one of the ones that we really do need to tactfully and sympathetically push back very hard against. Well, and one of the reasons why we bring on people like you and want to in the future is that with your reach, I guess this will lead to my next question, but with great power comes great responsibility. And because you have that reach, you're able to start that conversation. And if you do say certain things like, hey, maybe you should lose weight, use these strategies, they're more likely to listen to someone like you. You know what I mean? Especially with that reach mm-hmm. that you have gained. And it's kind of cool to see that, <laughs> especially yeah, that you've yeah, blown up. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and it kind of goes back to like, it's part of the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, part of it is, is honestly a, a little scary. Um, maybe yeah. in terms of like knowing that there are a lot of eyes on me. And, and, and one thing I can say with like hundred percent certainty is that like, I'm when, before I share anything, like, you know, the reason I, I try to come at everything with such honesty and, and such transparency and like, even and there've been times people have asked me things on Instagram, like, like questions that I didn't understand or I was not qualified and I would, and I will say it like, I'm not like, I, I try to be very transparent in all points and be honest and say like, I don't understand. Like I remember more like, I don't know the answer to this question. Um, maybe we can, maybe I can help you figure out or find someone who kn- would know the answer to this question. Um, and, and I think that that's really important, especially for like anyone who might have influence over somebody else, like is to, you know, make like understand that and to do your best to be as honest as you can and to, um, you know, just, I guess, keep that in mind and knowing that, you know, like what, what you recommend or, or what I might recommend might influence somebody to do something. And, and so far, you know, I've obviously, I feel like I've done a really good job of, uh, staying away from anything to, uh, you know, on one side or the other. And I think it does come back to the fact that because I've been there and I understand, you know, what it's like. I think I have an extra, maybe an extra level of, um, empathy for people who are struggling. And I just know how much I have struggled myself with like different messages and diet programs or or something that promises amazing results and you you just can't sustain it. And so, um, I think that has played a lot into what I've uh, been able to share. Okay. 
And I agree. But I'm going to throw a crazy side. <laughs> Who's Bring your favorite it. superhero and why? Oh, okay. <laughs> I've, I've, so I thought about this question a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. And it's... And I feel like it's maybe it's a common answer, but better I'm not be Spider-Man because Spider-Man's my favorite, and I have him tattooed on my arm. This is I'm going to go totally like I'm going to go totally other direction here and say Superman. What? And here's why. Here's why, and it's because of I don't know if you've seen the movie Kill Bill. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So whenever Bill is t- Bill was asked this question, and his answer is the reason why I am giving this answer now, <laughs> and it's because every think about this every other superhero puts on their mask and becomes the superhero and they have to, you know, they, they're, they're a normal person when they're not being that superhero. Superman is that's him. That's his identity. And his costume is Clark Kent. He's this person that he has to pretend to fit into society. And some would argue that's even harder than being a superhero. Frick, that's pretty deep. That's a cool answer. Actually. I like that. That, that, was, that was awesome. I just had this argument though. Like literally we had a staff party at the rec room. Anyways, there's a, there's a Superman poster in our work. And I said, it's, he's fucking stupid. I get what you're saying, but it just doesn't make sense as a superhero. He has laser beams for eyes. He can throw people into the sun. Oh, yeah. And then all the, all of a sudden people are like getting the best of him. Like it would take him zero seconds oh, yeah. to kill anyone. But then I guess, no. I, I, was viscerally, I was very angry. I was like, I was <laughs> viscerally angry watching Batman versus Superman. Oh, man. I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. Like, like laser Superman him. can kill you with his laser beam. Yeah, why absolutely. is he not doing that? What is happening? And here's the, here's the reason why. So DC's very um, good versus evil. And Clark Kent has this inner struggle between he's so powerful. Why would he use it for evil? So that's why he holds, mm. he holds back because if he lets himself go crazy he could basically destroy the world so he holds everything back yeah it's, it's just it's kind of silly though <laughs> like, yeah i think i think yeah I, and i totally get that part but i think that just like the very oh it's just it's like like just use your laser beam it's dude. just like if i'm writing a comic <laughs> this is what i always don't like and this is totally nothing to do about nutrition but <laughs> like you're writing a superhero it's like whenever they were doing this back in the 40s and they're like we're gonna make him fly we're gonna make him invincible he's a, he's a, he can't be killed by bullets he has laser beams for eyes like why didn't you just like take like one of them he because you put them all at the beginning and that's your first superhero creating everything else pales in comparison. <laughs> well, like, like Marvel, the go from there? like Cyclops is the laser eyes. That's the only bloody thing he can do. Otherwise he's I mean. completely DC useless. started with one that like is all the superheroes. It's like, fuck, be more creative, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Good. At, you know what? I like that answer. That means, you know what? I appreciate that. So something else that's actually really important and kind of cool. And it's the, the whole concept of an online coach. So this is a little newer, at least in the mainstream consciousness it's been going on for a while but it's an exploding corner of the fitness industry uh would you tell us a bit about that and tackle some of the thoughts that if someone may doubt the ability of a coach via distance versus an in-person trainer yeah for sure so um and this is something i'm actually super kind of passionate about only because um i i have done like the personal training in you know in a gym setting and done that before and i think that you know they are both both online coaching and personal training are both extremely valuable. And I think that they serve specific people as well. So um, like I mentioned, the reason that I really value online coaching, at least with the people I'm working with is because of the amount of support and um, sort of relationship we can build. Cause the thing with personal training is in the gym, like when you, it, 
it's a, it's a much bigger focus on the exercise. So whenever you're in the gym, you have someone there who is correcting you on the spot and, and like making sure you're doing this, this, and this, and maybe for a, a specific sport or um, something where like that becomes much more important, like attention to detail and all of this at a higher level is more important than I, I think that that's definitely a benefit. But what I love about online coaching is the fact that like, I don't just have to meet with somebody like three times a week, give them some nutrition advice, say, all right, I'll see you next week or whatever. Like I get to talk to these people every day, you know, and I get to help them every single day. And for a lot of the people, especially the clients that I work with, like that's what they need. They need that accountability, that reoccurring accountability just to know that they're doing it right. And if they're confused, they know that there's somebody who is, you know, just one email away from being able to respond to them. And that's where I think it's, I think online coaching can be really beneficial for that, um, that, that kind of crowd of people who, um, are maybe aren't necessarily looking to specialize at one specific thing, but instead they're just looking to gen, you know, generally better themselves with, with their health like learn more about nutrition, um, and, and do all of that. And for those people, I think that having that consistent accountability and that consistent, um, communication can, can be extremely beneficial, which you can't always get with personal training, um, you know, in person at a gym. You actually make a good point there. And, um, with me personally, cause of course I obviously do personal training in person and a little bit of online coaching, but I make a very specific point that my clientele who see me in person, they have my cell number, they can text me. They pretty much have yes, full access yeah. to me. Now, some don't really take much advantage of it. Others do a lot. The key is, as you said, they have that all, all ever present coaching. So the way they have that support and they have whatever they need and each experience is tailored to each individual. And I've worked in settings where I've seen trainers who they even put on a really good act of caring and being really immersed in that client. But when that hour is over, that's it. And the coach is very either implicit or explicit in that they're not accessible outside of the realm of that hour. And I think you're losing such a great opportunity to build your business, build deeper relationships with your clientele and be more successful and, be more and successful. to, and to help people in the end by not doing that. Exactly. But, yeah. And, and I think that in online coaching, you absolutely have to provide that service. You no longer have the option to just shut it off at that hour. So no, that's a really cool point. And I hope people listen to that. And if someone's thinking that this experience could be really valuable for them, you know, they can follow you. They can actually reach out and contact you. That's one of the cool things is, you know, we've had some local mm -hmm. trainers on and let's say somebody's listening down in Kansas city and one of our local people who just does in-person coaching. Well, it's cool to listen to their message, but you know, they can't really work with them directly, but anyone listening to you right now could potentially reach out to you and say, Hey, you know, like I really liked what you had to say. Uh, could we talk about, uh, working together? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's what's, what's really cool about it. And, um, because I've done both things, like I, they both definitely have value, but I, the biggest benefit I've found from, from working with people online is the fact that I get to really build those personal relationships with them. And I, I think in the end, that's what really helps a lot of people stay successful is because they build that relationship, they build that trust. And, you know, in the end, this whole thing is like about being consistent. Like consistency is what wins over anything. And I think that that's really, um, having that support of an online coach or having somebody who's there for you every single day, or will answer all of your questions and keeping you accountable and keeping you consistent is what's going to help you, you know, get results. So 
Well, and, and that makes total sense. And it's one of those things where it doesn't, it, you're probably not sitting there talking to him for an hour, but like a little message here, oh, there, yeah, exactly. like a small yeah. conversation could be that difference that they needed that day. It takes you nothing. And for them, it could mean everything. And, and that doesn't happen if you only see someone in an hour, because maybe in that hour, it, things are yeah. good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Like, like one thing I have with my clients specifically is um, I require daily communication nice. um, or, or that they update me daily. Now, obviously some days they might not be able to, but like that's sort of part of it. Yeah. And sometimes like I have like, um, one client who's like a very, like, like a successful, like business owner and very busy during the day, like hustle grind, New York city kind of deal. And like his email to me will be like quick, like five minutes. That's my daily email. And for Monday through Friday, it might be that five minute email that day, every single day. And then on Saturday, he might type out a 20 minute long email. You know, I think it's more about that, the, the, the creating that accountability. Sometimes it's fast. Like sometimes all they need is just to send me that email. But the fact that they knew that they were waking up that morning and they needed to type that email, sometimes that helps them, you know, not have to rely on themselves entirely. You know, yeah, man, you're, 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 in their, you're in their head, man, which is good in, exactly in, 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 a, in yeah. a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got them rattled. You got them shook <laughs> to change their life. <laughs> All right, Carter, every, yeah, yeah. everybody gets this one. So what are you reading? Uh, and is there a particular book you've read that really stands out that you'd want to recommend to people? Yeah. Oh, man. So I'm, I'm trying to think. The last book I read, book I read was kind of nerdy, but I guess for this crowd, it would probably work great. Hell yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you've read. Have you read The Hungry Brain yet? No, I've read Stephen I'm a, or is that, is that his? DNA. Yeah. No, I haven't read DNA. it yet, but I've heard it's really good. So that's sort of on my, that, I, I got a massive list of stuff yeah. I want to get through, but yeah, totally. That's the last book I read. And like, it's that I don't I really enjoyed it because it, it, you know, it talks a lot about a lot of the ideas that we already know, but like, it really got into like why we eat certain things or why we crave certain things. And it was like super interesting. And honestly, it's kind of changed my whole mindset in terms of like, when I'm craving something like understanding why I'm craving it, like maybe in an emotional level, but also at a physical, physical level, like, because that, that shit's going to help me survive. Like I like that book was awesome. Just talking about like the neurological component of eating and why we overeat and why we crave certain things. Um, that, that book, definitely recommend that one. Okay. I'm going to make the, make a key If point. you're kind of like a, a nutrition nerd wanting to learn which, more about like why we eat the way we eat and stuff. Which I totally am. Like you, you mentioned, is a nerd. So he's like, <laughs> I'm going to read that. Now. You, uh, you mentioned yeah. Stefan Guillenay. And the reason why I'm familiar with him is because he's appeared on my favorite <laughs> nutrition podcast. It's a, a British guy named Danny Lennon on Sigma nutrition radio. So if anyone yep, listening yeah, is reading, yeah. you've, you're totally familiar with that. So if anyone is really into podcasts and listening to ours, like you still listen to ours week after week, seriously, but go and check out, Danny's podcast and it's got sometimes the guests get really technical with the information but it's really really good deep scientific uh, evidence-based knowledge about nutrition so if you want to take that stuff really far it's a good resource now that's a really cool yeah, recommendation I would second that. And, thank you and one thing since we're talking about technical information and this is a good way to wrap it up is because you put out I don't want to say it's not not technical because it's not but it's easy to digest where, oh, can, yeah, our, where yeah. can our audience find you and these these infographics we talk about and how can they find you, email you, find your website? What is that for you? Yeah. So, um, so basically like it's all my name. So with Instagram, it's Instagram.com. Like my username's Carter Good. Um, I've been tweeting more. So that's Carter Good. Uh, Facebook's Carter Good. And then my blog, um, it, it's actually, it used to be envisionbeingthin.com, but I've actually changed my website to just CarterGood.com. Oh, and so changed. really, if you just oh, cool. search any social media 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, I just now changed it just because like I'm trying to make everything the same. So like really with any, I'm on most social platforms. I'm getting more into YouTube as well. And I think that my username is literally Carter Good. So if you put my name in on any social media platform, you'll probably find me. That makes it real simple. Good. So basically, if you want to find yeah. Carter Good, <laughs> type in Carter Good. You just search the... And it's an easy name. Yeah. It's <laughs> Carter and it's good. <laughs> like it's an adjective. No, it's an adjective. Like, yeah, it's awesome. And you're not one of these ones with the fancy with the E at the end. It's just G-O-O-D, guys. So you don't have to get no. all creative with it. No, no E. No E. Right. I have to yeah. <laughs> Good. Just like the adjective. Awesome, Carter. Thank you so much for uh, coming on today. We really appreciate it. This was actually fantastic. Um, guys, please go check out Carter. And we, what, what are you asking me, Dean? I was going to say, now that we're getting big here, like go review us, give us oh, a five-star yeah. review, go to Carter's thing, like all his Instagram posts. If you go down to the very bottom, there's like about a million infographics, which probably took you a lot of time, which I hope you're getting faster at now. <laughs> I would assume it's, it's, it's like sometimes, yeah, sometimes they take five minutes, like a spur of the moment. Oh, I have an idea. Sometimes I'm sitting there for like four hours, just like trying to figure out the perfect way to angle something. <laughs> and then I just like tell you cross-eyed. Good. Yeah. Uh, Dean is there to like making hand signals at me. Like what dude, what? I, I Seriously. Like, I was like, and this thing, you know what? Give us a review. Yeah. Five stars. You know what? We're up on iTunes now, but go, uh, go, go follow Carter. Cause he's awesome. Go support him, support us, share the podcast, do all that. Give us that kind of love and hang out next week because if everything goes according to plan, we should be sitting down with and presenting to you an interview with Sohi Lee. So that's a pretty big deal. All so right. guys, thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Carter.